This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porn cast that is ready for some low-key anal. And by that, we mean the god low-key, not actual low-key anal. I'm your co-host, Alice Vaughn, and with me, I have my fantastic guest host, Natalia Reagan. Natalia, how are you doing? I'm great. I, you know, I I had a wonderful day. I just fended off raccoons from my house and caught a mouse, and it's just, I'm Cinderella up in here, and I got to watch a wonderful porn parody. So, I mean, what a day. What a day to be alive. I've always theorized, and work with me on this, Uh Prince Charming in Cinderella, total foot fetish. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I feel like he just used that to kind of, you know, I, I it still doesn't fit. Uh, let's try some more. Let's, you know. But did you know the real Cinderella, the actual grim fairy tale version, the sisters cut their foot, like t- different toes off so they could fit it in, which is like, yeah. the, like the hottest, grossest, most, you know, masochistic version of foot fetish. How dumb were they that they made the assumption, no, if I just cut my toes off. He won't figure it out. He won't know. No. He's not a very... Uh, astute man. He did. He was kind of a Ken doll, you know. Just saying, though, like, you hang out with a chick all night, you don't remember who she is, that's fine, but uh, you gotta now inspect every single foot in the kingdom. Uh, don't kink shame, Alice. I, Rude. I'm not. Rude. <laughs> I'm just saying there was more to the story than we were let on. More afoot? I oh, know. God. Well, yeah. Look, guys, this podcast has a soul. I know. I know you haven't really introduced me yet, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave on that one. Actually, I think you're, that, you're that's in gonna be, step. Gonna be it for me. You guys have been great. We never said we had standards here, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I actually owe you. I owe you both an apology because you field tested the Loki opening, and I, uh, I shook my head at it. I didn't get the Loki Loki pun the first time around, and when oh. I heard it. In reality, uh, mwah, beautiful geniuses. Thank you. Both of yeah. you. No, when I watched that, I was like, Tommy Pistol going for the low key anal. Good job, man. <laughs> <laughs> Two thumbs up and in your butt. <laughs> so, guys, we have on the show today, we have comedian, director, television person extraordinaire, I guess, Justin Herman. Thank you. Producer. Producer, yes. I'm sorry. I don't know all the things that people do behind the scenes uh, on television. I didn't send you a resume, so that one's on me. Um, <laughs> next time, you'll get a full, you'll get a breakdown, uh, dates. and No, yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. I, I make TV, and then I make jokes, and uh, I go back and forth between the two of them. And sometimes I do them both at the same time, which is kind of the best. Nice. Anything you're uh, working on right now that's interesting that you could talk about, even vaguely? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a, a documentary series about the future. Uh, it's for a, a place in which you watch things. Um, it's not yet announced, so I'm not able to announce it. But um, they're letting me talk to people far smarter than me, and then they're paying me, and it just feels like school, but good. So uh, I'm pretty pumped about it. It's actually <laughs> incredibly interesting and academically rewarding, and there's uh, there's even a lot of sex in it. So it's it's a win-win-win. Sweet. Yeah. 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 I mean, we talk about uh, teledildonics on the show as well as sex dolls. So uh, what else regarding cybernetics are you talking about? I'm curious. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, it's uh, I mean, there's there's so many so many layers to it. Teledildonics is huge. VR uh, porn is 
a fascinating space. You know, they're working, you know, haptic suits, which are very big in the gaming world. These are literally suits. You can feel people touching you from afar. That's technology they're developing to apply to all of this stuff. There's a lot of predictive themes about what the future of AI is going to be in sex dolls, which I think is an incredibly interesting conversation because there's already artificial intelligence. It already knows how to listen to you. And res- I mean, if Alexa can do it, you shut your mouth, uh, then why can't a sex doll? <laughs> uh, um, she's learned, I've trained her. Uh, but it's the technology has been applied to these spaces, to these things, and it's a wild world where a lot of people are predicting what it's going to be like. What's fascinating to me is we haven't really discussed the haptic suits on this show. And I was watching recently, um, gosh, it was a show on Amazon Prime where a guy died accidentally at a young age and his consciousness was transported into this cyber world. And at one point, his living girlfriend got to have sex with him while in a haptic suit. And I can't help but wonder, so first off, does that count as necrophilia? (laughs) Um, Alice, it's (laughs) necrofun. This is true. Uh Someone's consenting. But uh, what are the blunders we're going to face with haptic suits? You know, there's definitely going to be lag. Someone's going to get zapped somewhere. Oh, the electrocution. I mean, if you're into it, it's going to be a, a fun ride, but it's right? uh, that's not for everybody. I mean, honestly, a lot of people that I've spoken to about it think the technology is not going to get there anytime soon, and it will never replace touch. But, I mean, these are the challenges because it's, there's more than one sense. Sex isn't just touch, and it isn't just sight, and it isn't just sound. It is the combination of all these things. So to try to recreate it in the digital space, while we have incredible technology, we're not replacing it anytime soon. But in terms of long-distance relationships, I mean, there are Zoom orgies happening where you can jerk off a stranger from your phone with a teledildonic uh, fleshlight. I mean, it's like an unbelievable world out there. Justin, show us your hands. Show us your hands, Justin. Uh, yeah, so there's, that's one of them. <laughs> I know it. It's fine. Fly. Yeah, we're great. <laughs> we're never. I'm just texting, guys. It's not a big deal. I'm using, it's clearly a phone. Um, <laughs> Why does your phone have lips? Um, <laughs> and not those kind. Nice. Awful. It's a next gen. Uh, <laughs> That's right. This is, this is the iPhone 69. Uh, you guys are going to love it when you get it. It's um, <laughs> That was my best joke I'm going to tell all night. And uh, <laughs> I'm already sad for me. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. No, it was good. It was beautiful. I'm uh, going to just need a moment. I'll be in my bunk. Please, take your time. I will. <laughs> for that, I apologize. Hopefully, um, we will be seeing uh, far better displays of... Do people know what the movie is yet? I don't want to make puns that nobody knows what we're talking about. We already talked about low key anal, so oh, that's I mean, right. we're kind of course. yeah, yeah. But that yeah. just could have been like you know Saturday. Uh, we don't right? know. Right? Yeah. I mean Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we're talking about the movie Thor today, and it's adult porn parody. So if you and by the way, if you have not seen uh, the Marvel movie uh, Thor, that's fine. We're going to be talking about Norse mythology today as well. <laughs> because man, I I've okay. So full confession, Justin. Mm, please. I may have not watched the movie Thor, but I have watched the uh, summaries of Thor on YouTube. Okay, sure, (laughs) sure. It's pretty much the same experience. I mean, if you take out all the action, it does like come down to about four minutes of of interaction, right? <laughs> There's honestly more story in the porn version, I believe, uh, than the actual <laughs> film. Um, you've seen none of the Thors. There's so many of them. None of them. No, there's four Thors. There's and this is they tried basing this off the first one, and we're going to yeah. talk about where yeah. they diverge yes. in plot because they diverge fairly heavily. Significant. I have a bone uh, <laughs> to pick with. 
the divergence. If we're gonna get there, uh, but I'm ready. You know, I'm I'm a little disappointed. I expected more of my porn parodies, and I just feel like they really let the ball drop, and I'm disappointed. So for those of you who are porn connoisseurs and actually want to watch this, uh, we need to be very clear. There are two. Thor Triple X porn parodies. Mm-hmm. This is a 2013 film by Axel Braun, cinematography by Eli Cross, which you should totally check out his interview on this show as well. But this is not to be confused with Thor Triple X, an extreme comics parody with Evan Stone and Seth Gamble. Okay, Justin, I know you don't watch porn parodies, or I'm just assuming you don't. You're correct. this was a delight for me yeah you need to understand that evan stone and tommy pistol are both some of our favorite porn actors and i say that as actors and thespians not just for the boning to be told that there's two thors and each has one of them it was so hard deciding which one to watch yeah i can see that yeah how did you choose how did you how did you narrow it down honestly i flipped a coin (laughs) (laughs) head or tails. Mm-hmm. Well, I gave head. Yeah. yeah. Oh, to wait, get hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Is that <laughs> yeah? Is that like the Patreon episode? Yeah. We got. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's cool, a cool, cool. yeah. You know, you pay a little extra. You get a, yeah. No. I. Uh, when was the Evan Stone one made? Is that based on the first one as well? The Evan Stone one was made in 2012. I want to say this one was 2013, and then the actual Thor film came out 2011. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, man. so they, they're really riding the wave. And I think Thor 2 comes out like 2013, 2014. So it's almost like they predated the sequel with their own, which is brilliant marketing, if, if yeah. I may. I don't think a lot about the porn industry's marketing arm that often. And uh, I feel like that, that's a smart play. I think they're doing the right thing. I mean, when it comes to parodies, what's interesting is how you see kind of the height of parodies at, in like the 90s and the early acts. And then you see the budgeting because no one's paying for porn anymore, right. how it goes down. So all the sets go down right. and all, oh my God. you know, ev- how everybody is kind of scrambling. You go from stuff where it's like, oh, this is a full production. This is like an actual film. Uh, I was actually talking to a porn star the other week and she was like, yeah, we would hire someone to train us on like jujitsu and karate. Wow. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic for, you know, the Kill Bill porn parody. But yeah, yeah. then for like nowadays, it's like, all right, what green screen do we have that we could utilize? Yeah. Well, you know what my favorite one is, Alice, you know. Oh, Fap to the Future. No, no. Well, that's a close no. one. Cock Brown was really epic. Um, uh, and yeah, the, the Fox Capacitator. I mean, you come on. <laughs> you couldn't go wrong. But no, Let My Puppets Come. The 1976 porn classic, which I call a ketamine-fueled fever dream. It's just a shit ton of puppets and humans getting down and funky. I mean, like, I'll never... They they peaked in 1976, and it's been just been down, downhill since then. The porn parody industry has not been the same since um, the era of Star Wars, is what you're saying? Really? Yes. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Bold words, I know. If only Hollywood had taken off in any way, they'd have more opportunity to make more parodies. (laughs) It's just surprising to me, you know? How do, you, how do you take a dive? It's um, maybe it's not their fault, you know. You blame mainstream media. Fake news. So, uh, Justin, if someone's never seen the movie Thor, the actual movie Thor, not the porn parody, yep. how would you describe it? At least the first film. So it's also tied into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is like twenty films. And honestly, the first one's fine. 
It's the story of a Nork, this Nordic god who lives on his own planet. There's, there's somewhere between seven to ten dimensions. And he finds himself on Earth, which is one of the realms that he's, under, that he's a protector of. And uh, there's problems. And uh, in the meantime, he bones one of the chicks he's protecting. And then he has to save her. And it's, uh, like you said, about four minutes of story. I think I got through it in like 12 seconds. So <laughs> um, I feel like it's a fairly abridged version. And also it covered the entirety of the story. Nailed it. Nailed it, yeah. You know, there was so much I didn't know about Norse mythology until I started looking into it. Yeah. So uh, there was things that I, I didn't know that Marvel got wrong about Norse mythology because, of course, Hollywood get, would get everything right. Did you guys know that it's still uh, a religion that's practiced nowadays? I did. I've spent a lot of time in Scandinavia. I've toured through Scandinavia as a comic. Well, that's a, one of us. A bunch of yeah. times. It's um, one of my favorite parts of the world, uh, without a doubt. There's a lot of very interesting mythology that's still practiced there. And they take most of it, I think, with a much lighter grain of sand than Americans do with when you consider, like, the idea of what a religion is. You know, we're we're just a cult country. I mean, we just have cult obsession, whether it's Jesus or the Cleveland Browns. We obsess a little too hard about most things. And over there, they take things a little bit more simply. Like, I, I remember when I was in Finland, and uh, they're all the same it's like white. It's like origin story white. Like they look this, like you can't tell white people apart there. It's like, so I once asked a comic, like, how do you divide and conquer? Hey. You know, on stage. <laughs> um, because you can't be like, who's the who's the Uber driver? Oh, there he is. They all look the same. How do you know? Oh, and, oh so actually uh, this ties into the regular Thor film because I can't tell any of the Hollywood Chris's at all. Uh, <laughs> I can't tell them apart. True. The I mean, they all, the yeah, the Pratt's, the, yep. the Hemsworths. You know, uh, I came up with this joke when one of the Hemsworths was on a Star Talk episode. What do you get when you cross a Hemsworth and a robot? Something I want to purchase? Hemdroids. <laughs> a bad case of Hemdroids. Yeah, it's, uh, well, and there's a lot of options, too. There's you got types. your Liam's, you yep. got your Chris, you got mm-hmm. the one I, name I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, there's at least He's on three. Westworld. Yep. Yeah, no, and the Pratt's and the Evans, the Evan, the Pine. Yes, the Pine, sure. Pine yeah. is a type, it's a wood, so I... Yeah. I appreciate that. But Evans is funny. The Chris Evans is a funny man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, uh, I appreciate his, his humor on the Twitter. So there's actually a scientific reason why we can't tell them apart, or at least why, you know, it seems like we can't tell them apart. Yeah. I actually did some research into this. And um, so first off, facial symmetry, but it's also kind of in the details of eyes, hair, muscles, scruffy facial hair. So for example, like Facial symmetry, um, so, I mean, research has shown since, like, back in, you know, 1994, where we started uh, seeing evidence that, you know, people who got more facial attractiveness ratings um, tended to have more symmetrical faces. But also, like, uh, you know, the details, like muscles, you know, to play these action hero stars, you have to be, like, really well-defined, specifically more um, on the upper uh, body and narrow and slim waist. So when you take that— The V-back, the Mm V-back. Yes. Yeah. So you have that. Most of them have blue eyes, except for Pratt, whose eyes are green. Then they all have brown hair. They have some scruffy facial hair, which also by like polling um, is rated as the most attractive. Mm -hmm. I mean, you take all these things and no wonder no one can tell them apart. They're an archetype. They have perfected Mm -hmm. this superhero uh, protagonist thing they got going on. It's um, kind of fascinating and not surprising at all when you think about typecasting in Hollywood. 
Like, who oh, would have yeah. known they had a type? I don't, it's just, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Only recently, Hollywood was like, do women watch superhero films <laughs> for any other reason? <laughs> like, we want a female superhero? But like, aren't we no. giving you all the, the stuff? You so can many... vote now. Stop <laughs> bitching. What do you want from us? You want equal pay? Get out of here females fine we will give you another guy with blue eyes brown hair scruffy facial hair and well built in the upper body oh my we'll god give you thank you one. so much i just gonna go over here and masturbate in a corner i mean they're very different if you think I mean, one of them is australian that's a whole different white country i mean they're very different chris the hemsworth's got a whole thing like i think australia is an overrated country and i'm not just saying that because i look like the poorest hemsworth brother but it's like a it's like <laughs> the third world of the southern you know, he's, he's, he's working his way up. It's an aspirational story. He went from, I guess, it's a first world country to another first world country. And really, that's the type of climb we're all going for in, in this life, you know? <laughs> oh, man. But if you look at Chris Pratt's career, though, I mean, if, if Chris Pratt 10 years ago was not, wouldn't be lumped. I mean, he was Parks and yeah. Rec. Yeah. I wonder, like, that would actually be a fantastic sketch of, of Chris Pratt doing the Chris makeover. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he literally did, like, drop 30 pounds. You know what I mean? Like, what transformed himself into what is now considered which i i actually prefer like i like dad bod that doesn't bother it's fucking hot like i don't i don't understand this whole like i want to be a chiseled man beast i haven't eaten sugar in five weeks and you know my teeth are sculpted from pearls you know it just it's not i don't know too much you're making me feel really good about eating m&ms for dinner natalia thank you for that i appreciate it (laughs) just the green ones (laughs) well that's how you do diets right sure Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're vegetables. If they're green, you know this, right, Justin? Like, you mm-hmm. can eat anything that, yeah, it can be green chocolate, you know, just green eggs and ham, whatever. It's all the same. It's like a vegetable. Same family. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah, yeah, totally. mm-hmm. Buying a lot of food dye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is my birthday cake green? Just shut up. I'm eating it now. I, yeah, right. Yoda is a, a vegetable. Mm-hmm, I, mean, I don't mm-hmm. mean that because he's dumb. He's just actually a vegetable. So, yeah, if you yeah. Want to fill up, just you know, pop a few Yodas. That's actually why Slimer in the Ghostbusters movies flies oh, yeah. through people. It's a nutritional transformation it experience. Is. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, getting slimed is like having a smoothie. That was the OG smoothie right there. That's it. That's actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's surprising that the Slimer isn't, uh, they went with the bullet, which feels um, lame. lame. It's lame. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Let's get slimed, baby. The marketing's built right into it. The ninja yeah. should be the ghost. The it ninja. Should, yeah, exactly. Kill, yeah. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So before we get into the porn parody, I found some weird Norse mythology facts and I had Did you? I did. Like there's a squirrel whose sole job is to carry insulting messages between Ah! a great eagle and a dragon. (laughs) I mean, how would is that weird or is it just not familiar to us? I've met that squirrel. (laughs) That squirrel lives in my backyard, Alice. I have conversations with that squirrel every day. I think once you start putting different animals together, that's when it gets weird for me. But, I mean, like, the Hindus, like, they invite an elephant god to their wedding first to make sure they clear the path to a positive experience. Like, oh, we're all, we got a lot of weird stuff. We got a guy that walks on water. I mean, that's pretty weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, weird me out. I want to be weirded out. Okay. Hit me, hit me. How about this? Yeah. Loki, the god Loki, yeah. he gave birth to an eight-legged horse after disguising himself as a mare in heat and having relations with a stallion. <laughs> okay, now we're getting into the bestiality. Now we're talking weird. Yeah, yeah. now this is, yeah, no, this this is, is um, shit. Yeah. I didn't think we were getting into horse porn. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like, that's... How descriptive wow. is the sex and the horse? I don't want to know the details, but I'm... 
you know. But you want to know the details. I want to know the details. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I didn't look into it that far. Um, I also found out, though, that Odin was actually, did you guys know a precursor to Santa Claus? That's why I think he's hot. <laughs> Is that a thing? That's a thing for you, too? Shut Just up. really, you're really slowly, like, pinning, like, you're putting the pieces on the Mr. Potato Head real, real, <laughs> real quickly for us. I, I kind of love it. Bond, Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, first it was the belly, then it was the beard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Natalia's single, guys. So write in info, two girls and Mike. <laughs> the mall Santas are going to be hurting this season. I mean, I, I guess, how are we going to do COVID Santa? I mean, it's going to be all Zoom Santa. So if you guys uh, need a personal assistant while you do handle your Zoom calls. Are they going to be like, just, uh, just let uh, me know. like remote controlled fleshlight lab sitting? Like, how are we, what are we going to do? Oh, sweet. We can adapt the technology, guys. We have the ability. This is this is the paradigm shift of COVID we need to be talking about. How do we take exactly. remote jerk-off machines and make Christmas fun? Yeah. Is that not the conversation we should be I'm Jewish. This you shouldn't good. maybe this not is, listen to me. Yeah. It, no, it is the right conversation we should be having because, I mean, Chris Kringle is in an at-risk category. He's a Chris! <laughs> He's a Chris! Oh, man! Oh, my God! That's it! I thought I, was, I, thought I couldn't like a Chris! Oh my God! It is. Oh. <laughs> it's all coming together now. It's, it's all the perfect man <laughs> for oh my Natalia. God. Wow. A high risk. So diabetes, ladies and gentlemen, if you're reading to Natalia, we got the belly, we got the beard, we've got uh, pre-existing conditions are crucial. Um, <laughs> He's a smoker. Yeah, that's true. What he else does. is that pipe for? Exactly. Yeah. Right. If you're, He's you're lucky, really into his reindeer. Mm, yeah. yeah, no, I, I was hoping it was a little, little something a little stronger, a little, yeah. little, little, little stronger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Santa's on meth. Mm. I mean, he oh, thinks he's flying. He's split the diff, man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, can you imagine Santa a super spreader for the holidays? <laughs> I just love the idea of parents like putting out celery instead of cookies because like Santa, he has to watch his weight with this COVID thing going around. Like, is he coming through chimneys? Are we going to do social distancing Santa in our homes? I don't. I don't want to speak for um, the world, but I believe that is my responsibility as a comedian and Thor porn parody watcher. So I'm going to say, ladies and gentlemen, please be careful. It's Christmas. Uh, yeah, warn your children. Don't give them the cookies. <laughs> let me give them the cookies. Let me give. Chris, <laughs> let me take care of Chris Kingo's cookies. They'll have special ingredients. You're looking for milk, buddy? I hear you like so milk. I got some milk. This cow needs milk and... Um, <laughs> another thing that I found that was kind of odd in Norse mythology mm. is, there are, <laughs> is there are these spirits called Brunmanji, and they urinate in wells, and they have the ability to assume any form at will. But I have a question about the first part where they urinate only in wells. Mm -hmm. What if you're not near a well, and how do you find a well? Huh. They may be very prevalent in the Nordic regions. Um, it's very possible. I mean, do you know the span of the Nordic, the regional number of kilometers squared, perhaps? Because maybe they're just a small community, a couple of wells. That's a great question. And also, I mean, do you have to like shit directly into the well? Or like, what if your toilet is just hooked up to a well? Yeah, that's a good point, too. Where you shouldn't. Because um, is that also going in the well? And does that impact the form with which you take afterwards? Mm. I also found out that Vikings, they used to give kittens to new brides as an essential part of a new household with uh, Freya, the goddess of love. Oh. That's just kind of nice. I also uh, host a science podcast, and we just did a, and, and this story came out about a month and a half ago, that Vikings actually were not a people, but actually a profession. 
So just because you're people talk about having I have Viking DNA. Nope. 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 And a lot of Vikings, they've actually had uh, dark hair. So they weren't the blonde haired. They weren't a Chris necessarily. Chris's have brown hair, but they have the blue eyes as well. So yeah. But the fact that they're into kittens doesn't surprise me. You know, I think I think they're soft, gentle men underneath those raping and pillaging exteriors you know my favorite part of being in norway was um I, I literally went to like a nordic museum there was like a warship museum and you saw all the boats and all this stuff and then i walked outside and i saw like these big burly uh, norwegian dudes driving around in smart cars <laughs> how far the vikings have fallen uh it's uh, a real travesty over there they're very comfortable yeah in their big santa claus skin indeed very very comfortable but it's really good to know that anyone can become a Viking if they just put their heart to it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, if you, know. you believe in pillaging, please sign up. Which I do. Sure. Finders yeah. keepers. That's <laughs> like a law. That's where that came from, I think. Yeah. That's the origin story of that expression. Right. Yeah, I just thought it would be funny, like the idea of if people digging up, because assuming that, you know, if you had the grave goods of whatever a Viking was, you know, that that's, that's a Viking. So it's like, what if they buried us with our microphones and our headphones and like i've got podcaster dna (laughs) please anybody don't first of all don't bury me um have me stuffed in a menacing position taxidermied please and put me into a a corner of you know a lodge preferably a lesbian lodge um in palm springs and um that's how i'd like to go but do not bury me with a microphone and other podcasting grave goods Oh my God, I never even considered that. I have podcaster DNA. Mm-hmm. That's so sad. Yeah. Well, because I, oh. everybody's, you know, everyone has one now. I was walking down the street here in Brooklyn and I saw not one, but two boxes, just like dilapidated, like cardboard boxes for podcast mics. And I just died. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh no. My chicken, Carol, started podcasting a couple weeks back. It's a problem. Like, you know, it, it's a, it's a mother clucking good time, but it's still, it's a chicken with a podcast, you know, guys? It's it's tough, man. It's tough. Still doing well on it's iTunes. Tough. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to know the ratio of Vikings to just regular Nordic people, because it's very possible we've surpassed them as podcasters. We may actually be the stronger race at this point. Yeah. I'd hope not. <laughs> Certainly not physically, and in, in terms of navigation oh, skills. Um, Social awareness. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Long hairstyles, I feel like they have an upper hand. Uh, axe throwing and wielding in general. Pillaging and raping. They kind of yeah. got us uh, beat there. I need to really work on it. I don't know. There are some pretty gross podcasters. Maybe I wouldn't. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, you're uh, right. There there are some incels and MRAs. That- <laughs> <laughs> if you pillage and rape, uh, so Chris D'Elia, email us. <laughs> Info oh, two girls on Oh, God. <laughs> Jeff Ross, email us. (laughs) Oh, no. It was good to hear that, like, you know, Chris D'Elia, just like what his demographic was and knowing that he would not even look at twice at me. You know what I mean? Like, I am so, like, twice, probably two and a half times the age. Oh, yeah. In age? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like a great grandma. I could, you know. I'm also happy that I'm not his type. Uh, I know nobody cares. We like to ignore the white men in this society. And it's a problem that I'm going to make a (laughs) podcast about. But, um... (gasps) I'm also comforted by a very similar demographic. You guys are victims. It's really, you know, what the world has done to you. Justin, I, a man, a white man named Justin, I'm 
Sorry. This is why I'm so excited about Kamala. You know, this is such a big deal. It's not only a historic moment for uh, women of color to rise to the top, but it's also such an incredible aspirational story about white Jewish men that want to marry up. It can happen, guys. <laughs> we can get there. Uh, and, I, and I just want to speak for all of you and say, keep your heads up. It can happen. <laughs> I love where we are progressing as a society where I want to get to a point where trophy husbands are common. Me too. Very much. I'm tired most of the time. That sounds incredible. Yeah. I mean, listen, email, what's the email address? Info at Two Girls on Mike. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. guys, we'll hook you up with Justin. Poorest <laughs> Hemsworth, brother. That's that's the tagline uh, on my Bumble. Uh, you're going to love it. Get over here. I will do nothing except um, have dinner prepared, workouts. What's the job description? What else do I need? Uh, yoga pants? I got yoga pants. You look good in those jeans. Can you say that? You look good in those. You, hey, 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 hey. You look good in those jeans. Yeah. Oh, you nailed it. Yeah. Hey, girl, you've been working out. Just, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I, I'm a single person. I don't know what it's, what these humans say to each other. <laughs> Alice, you have a partner. What is, what is, what is a nice thing that nice guys do? What do they say? I don't know. I don't know. I don't help me. I've been in a relationship for eight years. I'm supposed to remember what people are supposed <laughs> to say that's nice to each other in a relationship. Oh yeah. You stopped talking to each other seven years ago. I forget. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we went through a honeymoon phase and then we got to the Netflix and chill. And then we just kind of never left mm-hmm. where we're, we're both settled in the chill phase. Oh, because I was going to say, you do know what Netflix and chill means, Alice. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just heavily stressed on the Wait chill. a minute, Alice. Where are your hands? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's on your, your phone? desk? Where's your phone and what app <laughs> is on it? What's the app? Where's your app? What app? Let me see it. It's busy. <laughs> <laughs> it's on spin cycle right now, so I'm going to let Ooh-wee. it ride. Yeah, her eyes seem to be doing that little back and forth. And so was- we did review a port and <laughs> Justin guilty. Let's talk about the plot of this porn. Yes, please. So how would you describe it? Because I, I wrote some lines down, but I want to hear it from you, a true Thor fanatic. It's the classic Thor tale where Thor thinks he can trust his brother Loki, unaware that Loki is deep dicking everything Thor cares about. And uh, the feud and the battle ensues. Loki's mischief knows no bounds. It heads to Earth. Young Jane Foster gets somehow in the mix with also some dick being deeply uh, dicked. And uh, in the end, we have a victor, I think, who we can all, um, I don't want to, I don't want to, are we doing spoilers? Can we, can we, yeah, we can spoil. Yeah, Thor wins. um, And uh, that's fucking. So that's the, that's the big spoiler. It's a bunch of, of, you get some Odin dick. um, Yeah. I think the real story is what is the circumcision culture in Asgard because Odin's rocking some foreskin, borderline five skin. You know what I'm saying? There's I, a lot. Yeah. And then, but the offspring, nope, they're cut. When did that culture start? This is my question. This was definitely Thor uncut. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a, uh, yeah, I was pretty impressed by the, the amount, the thickness, mm. the length of Odin's foreskin. Um, yeah. And I was really disappointed at the lack of, oh, my Odin shouted multiple times in the sex scenes. I feel like that was a missed opportunity. I'm looking at you, Tommy Pistol et al., because I felt like that could have been something good. Speaking of Tommy, can we talk about his sideburns? They yes. were great. They were like mouth, side mouth burns. Like What's great is that Loki in, in the movie, n- 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 this was a character choice he made. It was bold. <laughs> it was a commitment. And I'm here for it, man. My props, props to Tommy Pistol. <laughs> 
Uh, he shot his shot, as uh, as they say. And, yes, he uh, did. And it got all over his face, and I'm happy for him. Got all over her face. Um, yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I, he, I'll be sorry. honest. Having not watched Thor, I was looking at the costumes. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. And then I Googled Loki's costume with the horns, and I was like, all right, sure. You know, if I made this at home, good enough. Yeah. They went for it. They did. They, I liked the commitment. I felt a little bit bad for, what was, um, what's the gatekeeper's guy, the Idris Elba character uh, in the actual Thor movies? It's, was um, It's the guy that, that, that guards the, the Bifrost. The Rainbow Bridge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Wait, hold on. I, I Help me out here. Is it called the Rainbow Bridge? It's called the Rainbow Bridge. It's called the Rainbow Bridge to the Bifrost. And yet I saw none of those things in execution. And I was, again, this that's going to be a star off on my uh, IMDb rating, I think. Because okay, okay. missed opportunities galore there. Damn. Now, Justin, I know you haven't watched, again, many porn parodies, but. One of my biggest pet peeves is when this... Okay, so you know how there was background music when uh, the actors were acting, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. And you can clearly hear the dialogue. Sometimes I'll watch porn parodies and I'm like, what the hell are they saying? I can't make it out because the background sound is too loud. Mm-hmm. In this, uh, they nailed it. So guys, nailed it on the basics. Yeah. Production value, production quality. First thing I look for in a porn, um, it's a it's a professional skill I cannot break no matter what my intentions are then as a viewer. And I thought the cinematography was great. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it was really well shot. You know, the sound was good. There were times where I could hear the mix in a way. You know, they always say in, in, in film school, the best sound is uh, when you don't notice it. And I noticed yep. it a few times. So it wasn't flawless, but I will give them a lot of credit. Because as a uh, profession where they're so focused on the close-ups in uh, the singles or the doubles or the thruples, this was some wide shots <laughs> out there and they were capturing good dialogue. So you're right. I give them props. What I also didn't know, so this porn opens up on Loki uh, getting busy with Lady Sif uh, after he shapeshifts into Thor. And uh, two things. Number one, did not know Loki is a shapeshifter. Yeah. Too kind of a dick move to shapeshift into your brother to bonus girl. But apparently Lady Sif, so I know she's just like supposedly, I think, a friend in the actual Marvel Cinematic Universe. But Loki actually marries Lady Sif in Norse mythology. I didn't know that. This is their, maybe that's their origin story. Oh, wow. I did not know that. She thought she was getting Thor's hammer and uh, instead she got the sideburns and she fell for it. You know, we all learn mysterious ways. Again, she got the low key anal. <laughs> she did. Once she got that, you know, you're you're you know, sold, man. Hook, line, and stinker. Um. <laughs> I actually thought it was a very interesting the, the the juxtaposition from low key anal to Thor discovering Loki's malfeasance by scenting the perfume was a very subtle uh, choice. You know, I, in the porn world, I expected more of a. Um, uh, a, like a, a, you got a little something. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what is? Is that a? Is that a facial? Is those? Is that forty pubic hairs in your teeth? Like, there's so many ways <laughs> in which you could have gone with this. And then one perfume. It was very. It was. It was really appealing to the PGs and the kids running the room. You can still watch the movie. You can let it play. And I think that was really nice. And speaking of the family, they kept it all in the family by having uh, mom and dad fuck too. Sure. I thought that was really great. Like, it's this is a film for everyone. Every age. Yep, Disney's picking this up. It's coming, yeah. <laughs> Mom and dad are coming, and, and boy, did they. And Odin's uncut 
You don't even have to wait for the uncut version. Uh, no. The director's cut might be interesting, but it's um, really everybody gets involved. Uh, even Loki, the bad brother, uh, he totally, he, he lets Thor get his, you know? He helps him out. He uses a little bit of that magic force. That's the thing. There's actually more... They really skipped over the brotherly camaraderie that still exists. There's still feelings there between these two because part of Loki's elaborate scheme before he even Mm -hmm. tries to kill Thor is to make sure Thor regains his strength and then uh, (laughs) puts that strength inside of Jane Foster. And I thought that was a really kind move. Again, this is this is a family dynamic, the complexity, the character development. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like there might have been a slight misopportunity for using the hammer in any of the lovemaking scenes. I felt like the hammer could have been used, whether it was, you know, a vibrating effect or just a flat-up insertion. You know, I was disappointed. They could have nailed it, and they did not nail it. They, they could have hammered it home. And they the could have really hammered it home. Its name is, we talked about this before, Mjolnir? Mjolnir? I've never known M- how to say it's M- a, Mjolnir? Is Mjolnir? Is it Mjolnir? Mjolnir? Talk Mjolnir? about a mouthful. I mean, that Mjolnir? is... Mjolnir? Prime. <laughs> I don't think no. Miller Lite. We're gonna get the letters about Miller Lite. <laughs> what did I call it? Mule deer? Get your mule deer away from me. <laughs> I don't they carry ticks. I don't want Lyme disease. What is happening? I mean, also maybe they didn't use it as a dildo because technically no living being may wield it unless they're worthy. Maybe using it as a dildo counts. Yeah, that it could be. You know, in the storyline, and I'm not, I don't know, every beat of the Thor storyline, comic book, film, et cetera, but there is a comic book version where Jane Foster beca- takes on the role of Thor. And Correct. Which is an mm-hmm. opportunity to wield the fuck out of that hammer. And really, that could have played heavily into this, and it didn't. So much pounding missed. Yes. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're saving that for the sequel. Can we talk about <laughs> Jane Foster for a second? Because this is yes, I want to talk about Jane Foster because when did she become a nurse? Yeah, when did Jane Foster become Nurse Snatch it? I mean, I swear to God. <laughs> so, for our listeners who've never watched this porn, it's so awful. So, you have our Thor character who wakes up in a hospital bed because he's on Earth. You know, he's found in a desert. He's dehydrated or something, and she finds him in his Thor costume. So she assumes maybe he was tripping on acid, went to a party. But Jane Foster in this scenario is a nurse, and she's what, a scientist in uh, the regular films? She's an astrophysicist with a doctorate. And they listen, we we all know, I'm, I'm just sick of the sexism in porn. Can we talk about it? It's They've taken a powerful woman, and they whittled her down to an assistant, to a physician. And, and, you know, like, women can be the vice president now. Um, I think we maybe need to live up to the possible standards I have. That being said, I do want to say that in the original comic books, there was a time when she was a nurse. Oh. I actually, it's the only thing I looked up after the movie. And uh, her career has shifted dramatically throughout the span of the Thor storylines. And there was a version of her that was a nurse. So the the remarkable thing is they they left the film that they were parodying and they went back to a simpler time. Mm, a simpler time. Okay. You know, speaking of scientists, did you guys know that on the real Thor films, not the porns, just to clarify, actual real scientists, theoretical physicists like Sean Carroll, James Hartle, and Kevin Hand, uh, they actually worked on those films to help with the science. Really? They good science advisors. That's good. Interesting. Yeah. 
So like, for example, um, like they had a scene where they didn't want uh, them to say necessarily, oh, we don't want to call this a wormhole because maybe it sounds to 90s. And then you have in the actual film, Jane Foster saying that they need to use like the Eisenstein-Rosen bridge. Right. And then the Kat Dennings character saying, what's that? And Stellan says, it's a wormhole. Like that came from a conversation with a theoretical physicist. I love that. So they're not totally useless. No, they came in handy. If they can advise on a Thor movie, they can be parodied in a Thor's hammer sex scene. Yeah, where were they in this movie? Where were they in this movie, though? You know, know. we we could have really used them. A wormhole? I mean, it writes itself. Isn't this what they've studied for their whole life? Yeah, I want to ride in a wormhole. This wouldn't be too hard. I mean, Natalia, we have connections to the science community. We just got to call up Jennifer Ouellette and Sean Carroll and be like, yo, guys, you want something to do? Yeah, come on. I want my porn parodies to be, I mean, I will come on as a, you know, an anthro science advisor. I've done that for shows like Ascension where they wanted to understand how to build a society over how many generations and so on and so forth. But, you know, if it comes to astrophysicists, you know, I want my astrophysicist to be present, you know? If we're going to have low-key anal, we need astrophysicists. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, though? I don't understand. What, what are you trying to say, Natalia? I can't, I'm not picking up, but you're, I feel like there's a message here, and it's Look. not coming through. Um, <laughs> Astro... <laughs> is it, oh, so it's a, is it just a pronunciation thing? Do you feel like you, they're being misrepresented in the industry again? I'm a little lost on the jokes that you're making. Maybe oh me thing. Oh my God, I, uh, I had a long day. <laughs> long day? A long day of uh, laying ass fault. So, uh, you know, go easy on me. Very, oh, very sorry. fine recovery. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you're a professional. <laughs> This is why you're there and I'm over here. This is what it is. That's why, look, you have a whiteboard that could rival any, I want you, folks at home, Justin Herman has the biggest whiteboard I've ever seen that's not in the classroom, in a classroom, yeah. At two girls, one mic, uh, dot com, and uh, tell me what a trophy husband's supposed to do and uh, (laughs) get yourself all over that whiteboard, ladies. (laughs) Natalia, are you made up of dark matter? Because right now you're indescribable. Oh, yeah. Some dark energy, dark matter, sprinkle it all around. So what does an asteroid do after working out? I Take a meteor shower. <laughs> is, that, is that where we walk away? <sighs> right? Is this another get up and, and walk? This has been fun. Uh, I feel like uh, we've had a good time. Um, wait, so Elsa, did you not see, did you not see, you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok? No, I haven't. It's, I mean, it's it is great. A, yeah, it is as like legitimately a great film, uh, great direction. It's funny. You don't have to watch the first two. They're not the strongest comparatively. And Jeff Goldblum is in it. And I was kind oh. of waiting for a Jeff Goldblum playing Jeff Goldblum in the porn version of himself. Oh, you watch my God. Thor Ragnarok, that dude is in a porn, but in a regular movie. His entire sexual energy is just playing out in the whole his whole character is just i fuck everything Mm -hmm. and it's phenomenal it's it's the role of his lifetime jurassic what ruined by the chris but he's got this role in thor ragnarok that's defined his career and i just feel like the cameo of jeff goldblum as jeff goldblum as the character from the ragnarok was uh, the missed opportunity of the film and there's been a couple but this is 
Well, one thing is it was made in 2013, so it was a, a few years ahead of its time. But if they were smart, and this is where astrophysicists would have come in handy, they would have gone back uh, or gone into the future, mm-hmm. uh, used a wormhole, sure. and gone into the future and figured this out. And, and again, I feel like, and at that point, Jeff Goldblum was unmarried, probably could have actually done the sex. Yes. You know, I feel like, yeah, big missed opportunity. And again, this is why scientists should be working as technical advisors on porn parodies. Porn industry, I want you to listen to me. Yeah, yeah, listen Seriously. to Natalia. This is a very good yeah. point. Science advisors. I, I so the porn industry is bigger than Hollywood. It's financially a bigger machine than Hollywood. When you talk about all technology across all everything, it's either created in porn or the military. That's where most technology ultimately is tested and comes from. It's a remarkably true thing. It's true with with filming technology. Super glue. It's, yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable. So mm. I, I want to know, and we've seen these evolutions. We've seen Hollywood stars suddenly become TV stars because the medium is adjusted and become higher profile and there's been better content, better characters. And we've seen Hollywood stars do commercials overseas because they couldn't do it because it, it was classy enough for them. And now they do commercials in America. When are Hollywood stars going to start getting cast in the porn roles as themselves? Actually... Justin, there is one porn personality so far that came from Hollywood and is now doing porn. I don't know. Uh, have you ever watched Boy Meets World? Uh, I'm what? familiar. I'm familiar. I was a recurring extra on that show for fucking years. What? Go on. You know uh, the redhead Madeline Ward? Holy crap. Really? Yeah. She's one of porn's like biggest newcomers, uh, no pun intended, the last few years. Wow. So she came from, so you went TV to porn. Good for her. And she says she's doing so, she's like, I love porn way more than I love, you know, working in Hollywood. Wow. Listen, I, I they're very different businesses. Uh, I can see that. She's basically wow. the Alec Baldwin of porn. She's made that transition. She's normalizing a transition. He took it to TV and uh, she took it to two to seven guys. I'm not familiar with her work, but I, I'm sure... Um, Holy moly, that's wild. Okay, cool. Yeah. Crazy. Also, Natalia, I had no idea you were a recurring like, like extra. person on extra on Boy Meets World. Oh god, I did a lot of extra work in my like late teens. I was always 18 to look younger. I still like to think I'm 18 to look younger. <laughs> that ship has sailed. Um but well, no. you don't look a day over 29. Oh, I love you. <laughs> but yeah, Boy Meets World, uh a lot of like oh, Moesha, The Wayan Brothers show, um Drew Carey. Oh, Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks was a really interesting time because I worked on the pilot and everybody, we all were the same age. Like I have a picture of me booty smacking Martin Starr. Because we were all friends. Like, we were all, like, he was probably, like, 18. I was 20 or 19. You know, like, we were all, like, kids, you know? And mm-hmm. Seth Rogen, you know, like, we are all, like, I remember, what's his name? Um, uh, The one that's unfortunately kind of a creep now. Oh, man. Um, There's so many. Actor, director, producer, actor. James Franco. James Franco, James right. But he was nothing, I mean, he was nothing but kind and good to me. But, like, you know, I was an extra, and I remember I used to do these, like, psychedelic drawings in my notebook, and he'd be like, oh, and I'd write bad poetry, and he'd, like, read it and check it out and be like, oh, that's really cool. But, yeah, I mean, it was, like, I don't know. It was an interesting time doing extra work. But, yeah, that's, how, I mean, I did that for a long time, you know, when I my three or four years, you know? Mm. And then I was a stand-in on TV shows for a really long time. So I was about like 27 or so, 28. I remember watching recent, not too long ago, like reruns of uh, Better Off Ted and seeing yes. you. It was so weird. <laughs> I played Mindy. Yeah, my first, oh, you know what? My first contract role ever was playing a, a cheerleader on the show called The Parenthood. And it was directed by Robert Townsend. And I was a cheerleader. And it was, the, our cheer was, we are the hippos. We do it right. We are the hippos. Breaking down tonight. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was great, you guys. I really, I nailed it. I could see you selling that. A wardrobe person came up to me and told me, this is like, was you know, the true Hollywood uh, hell that you go through as a young actress. She's like, she said, honey, suck it in because on camera it looks like you're pregnant. And I, like, I literally started crying. I was 18, 19. I was like, oh my God, you know, this is probably the skinniest I'll ever be. And I haven't eaten anything but a cracker in five weeks. <laughs> oh my god uh, hopped up on diet pills you may as well work in, they don't talk to you that way in porn I think you're ready for the transition as well um, I think so you know actually after becoming a scientist and you know teaching yeah. it, it, being an adjunct professor is doesn't pay that great so maybe I need to do it. <laughs> I think I'm fine I think that ship is I'm also kind of over the hill there too oh man absolutely not look all I'm saying is if you decided to do an OnlyFans we have so many listeners that someone or two someones would definitely contribute. No, Maybe I'm two serious. Three We've talked about this, Natalia. You have great feet. Maybe several. My, feet. I actually, You're on WikiFeet. I am on WikiFeet. Justin, yeah. you know. Yeah. Justin, you looked me up. Mm-hmm. Did you update your photo? Because last time you had like a broken <laughs> toe on there. I do. I do. I have a purple toe. Which is some people's fetish. Don't <laughs> knock it, man. No, no my, judgments. My current rating is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be on Mr. Skin as well. I don't know if Mr. Skin's around, but I had Mr. Skin too. Okay as a rating is the perfect. Okay. Because it's either great or the, I mean, nothing on the internet is three stars. Everything's like, this is the worst place I've ever been. I'll never eat this restaurant again. Or five stars. I love it. Right. Who gets the middle ground? That's it's amazing. It's so rude. I know. I was like. No one even gives their Uber driver three stars. <laughs> no one says, okay. So, you know, like, come on. It must be just like a lot of like, oh, that's disgusting. And oh, oh my God, I'm so into a purple toe. But yeah, I don't know. I thought about doing an OnlyFans, but I just do really cool animal facts and science facts. People would still pay for 100%. that. Right. Or I think Allison, I've talked about this. If I did a Bigfoot porn or a Bigfoot OnlyFans where I just wear like the Bigfoot head and the Bigfoot feet and then I'm nude from here to here and you kind of can't know, you don't know who it is. So it's like, that's just a naked body wearing a Bigfoot head. That's unless you listen to this specific episode. Oh, shit. I gave, <laughs> I gave myself away. <laughs> if you want to know the secret, sign up for her OnlyFans account and ah. you will hear the same information twice. It's worth it, everybody. Uh, oh my Natalia God. 13 Reagan on OnlyFans. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It definitely does not exist. Are you Yeti for it? Nice. I know. I, I'm a horrible human. Can we talk about the hospital bed sex, please? Yes. Yeah, please do it. So, Justin, I I know you didn't know this, but porn sets do use actual hospital equipment. (laughs) Wait, porn sets, like it's a standard uh, operating procedure? Well, not necessarily standard, but for example, um, normally they'll have like a room that's a hospital room. Okay. And I mean, there's enough porns where if you watch it, you're like, that's the same couch. I've seen this like. Yeah. Oh, so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So same thing with uh, like hospital sets. A lot of times it'll be like the same place, but they'll use actual hospital equipment like gurneys and like EKG machines and things like that. And MRI machines like, no, okay, maybe not an MRI machine. (laughs) They're like literally charging the paddles Uh, and shocking people to life. Yeah. But they do have like, uh, you know, not necessarily functioning, but you know, like I know Wood Rocket, for example, they have a whole room where, and I was in shock when I saw this, I walked in and I'm like, holy shit, there's actual hospital equipment here. Wow. I love it. When I went to their classroom, they had like actual 
school chairs and desks and a chalkboard. It's like the Tommy pistol mustache. The commitment is legit <laughs> in this business and people like to knock it, but they, this is a real serious industry. It's bigger than Hollywood. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is a reason. This is it's this type of attention to detail. I grew up in the San Fernando Valley, home to the porn industry, and I am very proud of that. You know, I, I was born in Van Nuys, California, which was the the center of the porn community until Chatsworth usurped the title sometime mm. in the mid-80s. They take great pride in their production and their dedication to accuracy, except for the science advisors, which again— <laughs> Uh, they did not have on set for this astrophysicist (laughs) (laughs) my upstairs neighbor is going to be like she just keeps yelling it's 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 it's, it's like Tourette's (laughs) but really specific and repetitive (laughs) and science oriented hey guys what's a butt's favorite punctuation mark what (laughs) 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 let's see if these like very low-key, just like sighs of exasperation that are delightful. I hope everybody's watching this on video and not just listening on all the applicable sites because you just have these moments that kill me. Uh, it's so good. Oh, oh my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, can, can I ask? Natalia, yeah. I'm sorry, the, the boy meets world girl. Yes. Like the actress whose name Madeline I Ward. Madeline yeah. Ward. Have they done a Boy Meets World parody porn with her? That's a great question. Uh, we should get her on the show and ask. I agree with you. Because it needs me- to be a Tobanga. <laughs> you know if Boy Meets World porn exists, that a Tobanga exists. I have too much faith in this industry to think that that doesn't exist. It's there. Oh, man. People have made their whole careers on Tobanga. It's there. <laughs> Boy Meets World is a porn title. You don't even have to change it. It's perfect. No, and it, and it you could just be Tabanga Canyon, and it still fucking works. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Tabanga Canyon is perfect. Again, I, if anyone needs a porn writer, you, you can find Boy me. Meets t- world. <laughs> no. Boy Meets. <laughs> There's that disgusted Alice face I've been talking about. There it is. That's. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Can we talk about the fight scene for a moment? Which one? I mean, the there main was one. In, yeah. The main one, in ah. my opinion. So first off, I was kind of impressed with the special effects that they did throw in throughout the film. Because number one, they actually had special effects. Yeah. And number two, it was just, uh, I didn't expect Thor and Scourge to go into battle. But at the same time, I felt like it was cut too short, like... Guys, we ran out of money for the budget. (laughs) Right? It needed it to be continued or it needed to play out. Okay, can you tell me what the crossover with Iron Man is and Thor? Because I have no idea. So the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe has tons of crossover. The the Hulk, Doctor Strange, um, Scarlett Johansson's character. Uh, I mean, if you watch the Avengers, have you seen the Avengers movies? I've seen the Avengers porn. (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible. Well, the movies are great. So uh, the the genuinely strong, like the last two movies of the series are phenomenal. And it's like 20 of the biggest stars in Hollywood have all been playing these characters for 10 plus years, including Tony Stark, Iron Man. uh, And they all come together. Now, the use of Iron Man in this film, it looked like they were just bragging that they had the costume. Like the landing, Iron Man shows up. I was like, boom, nailed it. Special. I rewinded that part. I didn't rewind any of the sex. I rewinded 
Iron Man landing suddenly in scene. He had a couple one-liners. It's like they had a guy that could kind of do the voice, and they had a mask, and they were like, we just got to take advantage of this opportunity. The tie-in didn't really pay off. And listen, I know, listen, you got to be in the room. I don't like to criticize um, the people that are in the room and doing the hard work of writing these stories. Listen, these scenes get cut for time all the time. I'm sure Iron Man had hours. Justin, hours. hours spent writing the dialogue on this movie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> at least an hour was spent. Longer than 30 minutes tops. Birthday cards to grandparents comfortably uh, was invested <laughs> in writing this dialogue. <laughs> it's clear. It's clear to me. Now, that said, guys, Avengers Triple X was so bad that I almost felt like they reused the Iron Man costume from Avengers into this because they said. Guys, we got to use this somehow. We, we pay paid way too much money. Yeah. It was kind of a, huh? Why is Tony Stark here? And then what did he say? What was the line? Was that when somebody said, no, that was a woman. A woman said, men have a way of making messes and they don't want to clean it up. And yeah, that was do. my favorite line of the movie. Irrelevant. Was that after a jerk off scene? It wasn't. That's the best part. It was just two women talking to each other. It was when Odin's uh, wife asked um, uh, Burnett to go to Earth and rescue Thor. Sif, yeah. Sif, yes. Was that, oh, that was Sif, of course, of course, of course. Sif should um, have been Sniff. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> These opportunities. Again, you, this is why you need a scientist in the room advising <laughs> on all aspects of writing. Because this what olfactory kind of- region is underrepresented. And if Natalia Reagan was there, I'm just saying. Guys, if you go to her OnlyFans page, Natalia 13 Reagan, she is going to uh, olfactory your fucking faces off. Is that mm-hmm. is that an yeah. accurate uh, portrayal of your OnlyFans page? That is. That's pretty right. Yeah, pretty my great. nickname in junior high was Genitalia. So, I mean, it, it, yeah. <laughs> you've been yeah, working up to this your whole life. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. My favorite line in this movie was, I don't usually do this. <laughs> 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 I've used that line many times. <laughs> <laughs> As the nurse <laughs> ravages for, I don't usually do this. And then after she finishes, she goes, "Thank you." After he, I think he, I think he finishes in her mouth, and she's just like, "Thank you." That's the. It's very gentle. It's very. Sweet. I don't. But she said, "I don't usually do this." A couple times, like, okay, we get it. You don't usually do this. But on the occasions where she does do this, <laughs> what are the circumstances? Are, are is it normally a patient? <laughs> and are they in a coma? I don't think. Is this against HIPAA? I feel. I don't know. I feel like this. There's some rules that this is ethically I'm uncomfortable. You're, you're being unfair. She's supposed to be. She a would still be charged astrophysicist. for this. Though this this woman is underutilizing her intellectual potential in this role as a nurse, and she she needs a way to to blow off some steam. Go on, uh, she blew something. She did blow. She blew a yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I just blew the man's mind. Thank you. I don't even think Natalie Portman could have pulled off that dialogue. Who she is portraying, for the record, for the audience who have she was beautiful too. That actress, I was like, she was gorgeous. I was like, Jesus, wow. Oh, yeah. Let's talk we, about, can we for a second, uh, when uh-huh. Loki held like a knife to her throat? Yeah. Oh, God, she was feeling it. I was yeah, so, worried for her. Genuinely concerned. Okay, five bucks. Eli, message me if I'm wrong. That they had an actual knife because they couldn't afford like <laughs> uh, a party store knife. <laughs> 
<laughs> they blew it on the Iron Man costume and uh, had to pull something from the kitchen, and she was scared. She was Me- scared for her life. Genuine concerned. Method. That was real method. <laughs> wow. Okay. I uh, <laughs> respect. Uh, I never finished my thoughts. I never figured out the guy's name, but the Idris Elba, Guardian of the Bifrost. White, mm. it, we'll call him White Idris Elba um, in this movie. And when he gets blown to give access to the Bifrost, again, spoiler alert, I hope you, uh, everyone's aware of this. Um, this is where my problem with the costuming comes in, because from a costuming to props department, phenomenal. I give it a, I give it a solid A. But when there's all of the bulging costumes, it is not fair to Caucasian Idris Elba. He's already competing with the stereotype. He will never live up. And then he just, he's popping out of this thing and he is buried in this costume. And I just feel like, you know, as a, as a man, you always want the best, the best opportunity. You don't want the reveal to be like a mouse peeking its head out of the, this isn't, this isn't Puxatani Phil telling you for six more <laughs> weeks of summer. You know, it was a disservice. He was, his servicing was a disservice is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. She called it diplomacy. And I immediately, of course, was like, you missed opportunity. It's dick diplomacy, you <laughs> fool. Again, had there been an astrophysicist <laughs> said. Um, no, but I felt like I, I agree. I, I don't I do have any feel... space jokes. It would take me too long to plan it. <laughs> Black oh, hole. Man. Black, yeah, I was going to say. No no, no, no. Okay, never mind. You, you guys didn't get it. At least it wasn't a white dwarf. I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> planet as in planet. I mean, never mind. No. Yes, I, 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 I hate you all. I hate myself <laughs> for doing that. This is such a, a children-friendly <sighs> podcast for a children, family-friendly porn parody. And uh, I have to say, uh, our dialogue, I think, really lives up to what we're discussing from a tonal standpoint. I, I just think uh, I'm proud of both of you. I don't want to take all the credit, but as the man, as the conversation, I should. And uh, I won't, but I should. I'll give it to you. Don't, please don't. You have a big whiteboard, so I think that, <laughs> that, that is a sign of uh, sophistication, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, preparedness. Yep. That's about it. It's a prop. Justin, when we actually asked you to come on, I'll be honest, I actually thought you were a Hemsworth brother. I couldn't. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're white. You have scruff. You have brown hair. You have what looks like blue or green eyes. You could be a Hollywood Chris, and I wouldn't know. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me um, (laughs) in my entire life. You look like a conventionally attractive Hollywood actor. You're welcome. I can't tell you apart from another white guy. You're you're welcome. I, this is the best part of my day. I can't, I don't take compliments <laughs> well. Uh, it makes me uncomfortable and this is uh, no different. Um, I think, and even the, the true mocking uh, sarcasm in the middle of it uh, still warms my heart. It's a perfect compliment because you just a little bit of taking me off my white man pedestal, which is always important. Nagging you a little. Yeah. Nagging works for a reason, guys. Yep. Can't give you all of it, just a little. It's a light spanking in your very attractive white male keister. And um, do they have like – they should have that actually, like uh, like a Venmo for therapy. You know what I mean? Like if you like offend somebody or hurt somebody, you're like – it's like a gift card for like, I was a real dick to you. Here's some therapy. You mean Amazon wish lists? <laughs> yeah, but like with therapy. I don't know. I feel like that could be a thing. Actually, that's a good idea. It's a great idea. I love that. We like to make fun of this kind of culture of GoFundMeing our healthcare, which is, ins- you know, objectively insane. But there's actually, there's also like, you know, in terms of culture study and like looking at the future of what culture is going to look like, there is actually a real 
space for this type of independent community fundraising that could be increasingly defining our culture in the future. And yeah. we see across so many genres. And uh, is this supposed to be a comedy podcast? Because this is a, a lecture. No, we the- could go serious. Please. Do you want to see this picture that I drew of this Viking dick that I, I said to <laughs> Justin before the podcast? It's beautiful. For the folks at home, I um, Justin was having issues with his audio stuff. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. And I said, well, look at this. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a dick I drew with the horned helmet. By the way, those horned helmets that you see that are so common in Viking stories and things like that, false. They didn't really wear those sort of horned helmets. So Aww. I still like to wear them. I feel like it gives me a, a, a greater sense of power. It indicates to the world how horny I am. <laughs> so, Justin, you were talking about community fundraising. That's correct. I'm kidding. I can keep talking. Yeah. No, please. <laughs> So there's 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 futurists and people that kind of look and try to define what the culture looking forward is. And it's it's very easy to be pessimistic about the individualistic self first nature of American culture, especially when you compare it to, you know, cultures that have that stronger social safety nets, Europe, Australia. Uh, that's why all the Hemsworth brothers are more handsome than me. They've just been fed better. They've been taken care of. You know, I was just born in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, other white men know what I'm talking about. Um, that's <laughs> So when you look at that, it's easy to be pessimistic. And I think there's a lot of things about, you know, tearing apart the social foundations we have. And then, But what's really interesting is that you, culture balances itself out, especially when it's necessary. You know, we always look at these moments in, in history where like we're being feel like we're being defeated we feel like we're taking big steps back but again these paradigm shifts like covid it's also when new new ideas come to the forefront and so these ideas of go funding our healthcare, maybe it's not ideal but there's a lot of uh, great minds thinking about what the future looks like that are philosophizing that this this type of go get it yourself don't wait for the state to provide it will create more and more of a structure of, of the society that we live in while it doesn't seem ideal right now, when you look, like we have all this trillion dollars in this, you know, government and it's dishing it out to war machines and isn't helping people here. At the same time, we're taking the power back. And that's what's so great about crowdfunding is that you are complete control. You owe nobody anything. You know, like um, if you're making your first album, you're making your first film, you're making your first porn and you crowdfund it, all you have to do is succeed at that thing versus there's no strings attached unless you're making a porn about rope play. Uh, but I digress, because I think the larger part... Can you imagine no. a state-funded porn? Well, that's what I was going to say. I think, you guys, we need to pull together our brains, our research, our skills, and we need a porn parody with, with say it with me now, with science advisors, specifically... Ash. Astrophysicists. I see what you're doing, yeah. I feel like, no, as, Natalia, we should apply for the next round of PPE funding. That's all I'm saying. I, I think so. But just specifically for our butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's opportunities. Those are, they're called pants, but I mean. You know the state-sanctioned <laughs> porn I'd like to see Americans government produce? Sexual education. Let's just start Yay! there. Let's just begin with actual sex ed. Would be lovely. Oh, Congress would never go for that. <laughs> no, of course not. Uh but we can work our way up to the point. Next year, you're going to suggest free birth control. You're insane. <laughs> like, if there's ever going to be, like, state-funded porn, and we know it's going to come from, like, Sweden. Yes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, the Nordic regions are like, yeah, we're already cool with nudity. They have that in their regular commercials and everyday mainstream, like, journals are like, yeah, this is no big deal. We'll fund it. It's not a problem. But I would also, I mean, if we're going to talk about state-sponsored stuff and propaganda, I would love a Russian 
porn mm. and state-sponsored uh, North Korean porn, mm. which is woefully underfunded. I mean, it's probably still horrific. And it's unfortunate, yeah. Look, all I'm saying is I want to see how far communism goes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I want to see if the, the equality is real, you know? It's... um. We're in this together. That kind of mentality is important to me and important. Yeah, I would assume Putin would take the lead, you sure. know, of course. I feel like he'd be very proud to be in something like that. I'm going to get killed, you guys. I have a feeling. <laughs> the KBG is just like, there's, I've been swarmed. I'm, or I'm about to get gangbanged. Um, I don't know what Bolsheviks. Just don't Bolshevik. <laughs> Uh. Yet, oh. I feel like that would be really interesting. You know, like it, would it would it take place in a bread line where it's? See, these are the jokes that I'm trying so hard not to make, and I'm I'm proud of you. You're oh, great. Okay, cool. I mean, my family escaped communism, so I joke about communism all the time. Uh, great. Well, I guess, but white communism's fine. It was the Asian communism that I was. A little I can't bit joke about. The, yeah, there's a North. My Korean. name is Natalia. <laughs> 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 and I love Russians, so I don't know. Um, oh, I love Russia. There'd be a lot of gymnasts. There'd be so many gymnasts. <laughs> in, again, in Russia, uh, North Korea, uh, no. just joint injuries galore, I would imagine. Um, it's a potassium thing. It's a <laughs> this isn't funny or sexy at all, but I have a friend who escaped North Korea. Oh, God. Really? <laughs> Tell me yeah. more. So her name is Yanomi Park, and uh, she has a fantastic book out called The Will to Live. Uh, definitely go out, buy it. But she actually, I remember uh, telling me a story about how she had appendicitis when she was in North Korea, so she had to go for surgery. She was like 12, and they didn't use any anesthetics. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. And for a completely abandoned comedy, which I'm, again, clearly wasn't happy to do, uh, one of the best <laughs> books I've ever read about North Korea is called Escape Camp 14. The author of this book is the only person ever to have been escaped from North Korea, having been born into a prison camp. So not only did he grow up in a, a country that's the most repressive, propagandistic country on earth, but he was born into a prison camp where he was a literal prisoner, slave his entire life. And his escape was almost borderline accidental. And it's an unbelievable story. Then he eventually, you know, clearly makes it. I don't know spoilers, but um, he wrote the book, so he's okay. He's doing better. He's okay. He's okay. But amazing story, honestly, like an unbelievable perspective. Uh, we we don't know the level of how dark it can get until you see the fact that this guy was born in a prison in a prison, and he didn't even know. He didn't know anything other than living in prison. Wow. Most uh, people don't realize how terrible the situation is. Yeah. I mean, I think it was since the 1950s, I saw a stat of between 100,000 to 300,000 people have defected from North Korea to Russia and China. And yeah. I think there's only, there's less than 300 uh, North Korean defectors in the United States. Wow. Uh, so yeah. uh, if you meet one, hug them. Yeah. Or don't. I mean, respect their personal yeah, space. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> first ask him first. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I teach, and I read a really sad statistic, and I can't remember if it's a third or a quarter, but it was a, a high amount of students who did not, or people in the United States, mostly young people who did not either understand the magnitude of the Holocaust or even denied that it even was real. Yeah. Yep. And as an anthropologist that teaches biological anthropology and eugenics and the dark side of anthropology, I'm like, well, dude, I normally I don't. That's more of a history lesson, but you know, I, I touch on it in eugenics. But now I, I want to make sure that my classes have like a clear idea of yes, this happened. 
this is how many people died, and this is not technically over. Like, these are still things that go on in, throughout the world. So, uh, but it's terrifying just how quickly people were either forget, choose to forget, or it's excluded from textbooks. So, I think something like two thirds of Americans uh, don't know or believe that six million Jews died in the Holocaust. It's like an unbelievable statistic. High number. Yeah. And it's like, as something I've been directing and producing travel shows for 13 years, my whole life. I'm not touring as a comic. I'm shooting travel shows around the world. My whole life is about teaching people about the world or making them laugh. And the first half seems just so much more important sometimes when I hear statistics like this, because it's true. It's it's remarkable what people don't know about the world and how it works. And I think there's nothing more valuable. If I could pass one law tomorrow, it would be to give everyone a passport. Most, mostly because I want to push about 70 million of them out. But the other reason is because they, when they leave, they're going to learn that there's another way of life than the one that they think is the best and find out that they're wrong. The statistics yeah. are outrageous. Our education lives somewhere in the space of Mongolia to like Azerbaijan in terms of its success and comprehension. Like that's, it's like, it's an incredible, crazy thing. Yeah. But you know what we do have in the United States? Eugenics? No. Uh, Porn parodies. <laughs> I was going to say really quickly, though, that it's amazing because a lot, not a lot of people realize that the entire concept of, and going back to being serious for like two seconds, yeah. but the entire concept of eugenics was, I mean, pre-Hitler, an exceptionally mm -hmm. popular movement in the United States in the 20s and yeah. 30s. The idea that you can uh, improve someone's physical, mental, or, you know, moral traits and remove undesirable traits. I mean, think of just improving the human species as a whole. Yeah, no wonder it was hot and popular. Yeah. Well, yeah, and anthropology is it was incredibly guilty of it. They were leading the charge. But there's this idea of biological determinism, which, of course, is the idea that biology is what determines how you behave, how you, I mean, obviously influences how you look, but, it, you know, your moral standing and, and your choices are basically dictated by your genetics is completely untrue. We know this now. We knew it pretty much then, but it was just convenient. I do a, a segment on John Fugelsang's Sirius XM show called Shit You Just Can't Say. And one of the first things I did was Caucasian, because even that word has a really racist root. It even ties into eugenics at a certain point. But it was pre-Hitler, but it's also gets brought up on Twitter. Richard Dawkins brought it up on Twitter. There's something really interesting. I mean, like race was proved to be not a thing in like the 1930s, you know, like people force identities. And this is the whole thing about when we live in a culture where we're increasing identity in a lot of ways and really helpful, positive ways. And it, there's a lot of value to things like pronouns and there's value to like you know, sexual orientation. There's value to gender identity. But there's also a double-edged sword to all of this stuff because when you create and identify and section yourself off, you're also opening yourself up to the reverse side of it. And, you know, race has been defined by the negatives more than the positives. And now you can't ignore it and you have to take it back away from the people that use this information poorly. What I'm hearing is if we're going to be racist, we need to do it only in compliments, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> uh, <laughs> all good That's all I've learned. Yes. The actual determination of races was based on a completely racist idea that they were putting together a hierarchy. And guess who was at the yeah. top? Yeah. White people! And which is ironic because also they use the term Caucasian, which is the Caucasus Mountains, which includes mm. Georgia, Azerbaijan, parts of Persia, and 
Armenia. Mm. But the guy, his name was Johannes Blumenbach. Such a sexy name. Now, this is a porn parody I could I could watch. He would be a great villain. Johannes Blumenbach went to this area, decided they were the hottest people. This is crazy. He decided that he came up with Caucasian because he's like, these are the hottest people in the world. Therefore, God created them first. That's how he came up with it. But then he was like, Seriously? But wait a minute. Yeah, this is exactly why. He thought they were so gorgeous. But he's like, but you know what? They can't be the only people that God created first. Let's lump in all the Europeans. Uh, Persians, Northern Africans, and North Indians, basically anybody who was light enough to fit into this group. And then he created four other races. Uh, and guess who was at the top? White folk. And even the United States adopted that term or that sort of definition, but it was only when a Northern Indian man, because at a certain point, they only wanted white folks, uh, Europeans essentially, to be able to get U.S. citizenship. And so a Northern Indian man was arguing like, hey, I'm Caucasian technically. And they're like, oh, snap, we got to redefine it. And then they basically like threw out all the the people that they did not want to be part of that term. And it's just it just shows you like they just move the goalposts, move the goalposts until it's just a small little section. And one of my favorite Gandhi quotes, I think it was 1930s when he was negotiating in independent India from England. He had just visited a, a London slum and a bunch of journalists swarmed him. And he, they said the question was, um, what do you think of Western civilization? And he said, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, uh, sounds like a really nice idea. Because to him, he wasn't seeing civilization. He just came from no. the slums. He just he wasn't. There was nothing civilized about it. And that's the thing that we we live in these very specific cultural bubbles of social norms that have been dictated to us. And and we can look, but we step back and look at any aspect of our society. Look at dating. Dating as we understand it, which we think is like a written in stone thing that you do, is maybe existed for eighty years. That is like the beta testing stages of an part of humanity it has been around for such a short period of time and we like to treat this culture as this, <laughs> this is how things always are and every aspect of our culture and how we choose to live our lives is comes from some place of a cultural norm that changed from something else the idea that anybody's absolutely correct about anything is astonishing to me because it, there's no historical perspective I'm curious because here's the thing when it comes to the concept of dating we like to think it's a new concept because, you know, the idea of marrying for property or wealth transfer or, you know, contractual agreements. I'd like to think it's not a recent idea. You know what? Uh, if, if you've studied the history of dating, let us know, because I, I want to believe. OK, what, Justin, you have studied. It is a, it is a newer phenomenon. God 100%. damn it. I, wa I really wanted to believe like this is something that it's like, no, nope, it's just a myth. This is something we've been doing for thousands of years. Shit. It's really I mean, so everything's cyclical and in, in the human experience like, you know, we even want to talk. We talk about marriage. Oh, so you're saying we're going to get married off again. I'm whoo, I'm all for it. Uh, it's honestly entirely possible. I mean, my all mom's all about it. She <laughs> wants to get a matchmaker. She's like, let's do this thing. I think this stuff can absolutely come back. I think matchmaking is on the rise. The show Indian matchmaking on Netflix has absolutely increased the diaspora of India from around the world for people to pursue this as a successful way because it's liberalized, it's changed, it's adapted with the times. And again, so all of these things continue to change. You know, we the reason that we went and turned into this like marry someone off and you live in a farm in the middle of nowhere and you raise your kids because we turned we went from a hunter and gatherer society to an agrarian society. Yeah. We yeah. just, that's the society changed. So yeah. we changed with it. And that's what always happens. And then dating became a thing because as soon as we started giving women any sort of choice, they were like, Oh, choices are, are good. And then so culturally it started wanting more choices and, then, and everybody wanted more choices. And so slowly this idea of dating and choosing who you love and meeting other people has continually expanded. You know, the, we use the 1950s as a model for 
traditional values in this country, when the 1950s are actually a complete anomaly in, in, in the history of humanity and how we partner up and how we live our lives. And we treat it as this traditional thing when it's not. It's just a barometer for conservative-minded people to slow the role of people progressing into new and uh, deep, dickier ways. Yeah. I mean, like monogamy is not necessarily a norm in many cultures. And that's something that I talk about a lot in classes is this idea that, for instance, there's theories of why women have concealed ovulation. Like if you don't know your partner, you don't necessarily know if she's ovulating or not. And if you Mm. really know her, you do know she's ovulating. And so there's two different competing theories. One is that question. I'm a woman. I don't know when I'm ovulating. How can I tell? Uh, I actually kind of feel it and you kind of know it between cycles. You can kind of, and you can also like test it. I I feel like things going on in my, my lady bits. It hurts. It's like, ooh, mm. And then also my urges are a little different. If you know, if you, you pick it up and I'm laying down. Astrophysicist. Astro. As a person with lady parts, I don't know when I'm ovulating. I'm serious. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I've I mean, never thought about this. It makes yeah. you feel better, Alice. I also don't know when you're ovulating. So you're not alone. I Justin, um, why don't you know? Uh, it's like my, my <laughs> I got a calendar. One of us should know. It started today, so I don't have all the information. I think I need at least 28 more days. The funniest thing, though, that ever happened in my relationship is my spouse. He uh, started tracking my period, <laughs> and he tracked it. I didn't, so he knew when I was going to have it, which is so efficient because I am that disorganized, apparently. Holy moly. I love it. Yeah, it's like stalking, but weirder <laughs> no. i know when you're gonna start um yeah it's more like, like we could plan around it yeah no oh. I, it's, it's completely logical it makes total sense um because you need to know when you're gonna make the vaginal blood art you know I mean, right. you get, when to get the canvas yeah. <laughs> get the tarp right of course well also i i go through these phases like prior okay so till much information but so every month when i have my time of the month i go through like a mini crisis so like I'm not joking when I say two days before I get my time of the month, I will have an existential crisis Mm. where I will question my self-worth. I will question my livelihood. I will question everything in my life and cry. And it's horrible. And I'm just assuming it's a bad day. And no, it's not. Yeah, it's your hormones. Yeah, the lining of your uterus taking a a walk, a long walk out of a, a short vaginal canal. Fallopian tube? Uh, no, well, no, it's, it's, no, it just goes out, it just goes down I the just end. just like the <laughs> word, yeah. <it's> <laughs> Fallopian just really rolls off the tongue. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah, I mean, my, actually, this is a little TMI too, but I my uh, Halloween night, eight days early, it was, the, it was the blue full moon, and it was Halloween night, and my period started like t- full 10 days early or something, and then... <laughs> And then we did a giant pentagram in the center of this uh, party I went to, of a COVID-friendly, like, four-person party. It wasn't that kind of party. Don't get too excited. And then I tripped and I fell and I, like, bled everywhere because I, I cut my hand. So uh, it was like I was bleeding from everything and it, it was the blood sacrifice. I don't know if this will make it into the podcast, but just uh, for those people at home, hi. How are you? It'll make it in. Satanist, I hear you. No, but back to the concealed ovulation. I think that we're animals and like when there's hurricanes, every other animal knows to get the fuck out of the way. And humans are like, well, why is my nipple hard? I don't know. Like we don't understand like what our body's reactions are to these changing climates and temperatures. And I, you know, we, we live in a space where we've created a world that we don't have to. And I think there's something really interesting about, I always wonder how much 
ability that we have to be more in touch with ourselves and the, and the surrounding when we're not looking at uh, words with friends while watching uh, Thor parody porn. I don't know. Well, yeah, I actually had uh, did a podcast recently about the idea of now and how, I, you know, I always, I studied monkeys and primates. And one of the things I love about being in the field is you have to be in the moment. If you're not in the moment, you're going to trip and fall and die. Yeah. And same with, you know, non-human primates or a squirrel outside. If they're not paying attention all the time, they're going to get eaten by a cat or, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to get pelted with monkey shit, whatever. But uh, there's this idea that we have the luxury of distraction as mm. humans because we we are not necessarily an apex predator. There are things that can eat us, uh, but I don't have grizzly bears in my home, so I don't have to worry about that at any given moment. If I did, then I'd probably be more heightened. <laughs> my senses would be a little bit more like, I'm in them now because I never know when Jerry the bear is going to eat me, you know? So there's something to be said about how we've kind of, even though we, you know, we are still part of the natural world, it's, we've sort of curated it and made it a safer and more sterile place. We've created environments where we could find boxes and microphones. We did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the street. Yes. <laughs> where podcasters can roam in the wild. In the, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roaming free. So we have some patrons to thank, as usual, this week. And this week we want to thank Jeff Large, Leon Kassab, Russell Smith, Matt, Dave Wiener, Bonnie, Jimmy Lee, James, Brad LeClerc, Alexandra Dees, Couch Potato, Dave, Rick, Ken Aubrey, Elisa, Brandon Oglesby, and many, many others. And if you want to become a patron, see all of our fun expressions, support the show, and pay for a fantastic editor, Kane. Help us out. Head over to uh, twogirlswithmike.com, hit the support button, give us a one-time donation on PayPal, or join us on Patreon and get some bonus content. You know, for only five bucks a month, you guys can even get some fantastic bonus episodes for 10 you get some mugs and stuff and then more than that we actually spend time and talk to you per month because time is money i guess <laughs> so you're, not, you're, you're not wrong it's not that's not wrong yeah i've heard that somewhere i think it was gandhi maybe gandhi yes it's my favorite gandhi quote steve gandhi not not yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You thought I met the other one? No. Uh, no, no. Steve. A, a fine carpenter, Steve Gandhi. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought he was Gandhi the other Hemsworth. <laughs> like, Gandhi, like Chris Gandhi. The other, the very, the lesser known Hemsworth brother. He, he actually <laughs> took his wife's name. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's the uh, same first name as his brother, though. Strange choice. <laughs> Justin, where can our listeners find you? My website's uh, justinhermancomedy.com. That's also my TikTok handle where I act like I'm a lot younger than I actually am. (laughs) Instagram, I'm justin underscore Herman. Twitter, I'm at Justin M. Herman because why be consistent with these things? Um, They're all different apps. It's a different part of my personality. Get out there and find it. And uh, you're all very attractive to me right now. Natalia, where can our listeners find you? Huddled in a corner, hiding from (laughs) Jerry the Bear. (laughs) Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Natalia13Reagan. Same with Instagram. I also have at Behold Natalia if you want to watch me beholding things like Jerry the Bear or squirrels or random raccoons and whatnot. It's bad David Attenborough impression, a great Natalia Reagan uh, impression. And uh, oh, yeah, I have a, a, a podcast called Curiosity Daily where it's science stuff if you want to just listen to me not bring up balls and penises and things of that sort. There are definitely people who listen to this who are like, yeah. Yeah, we're all for it. <laughs> oh, and I have a website that Alice helped me make called thenataliareagan.com or nataliareagan.com because I have to switch it over eventually. 
or Facebook. We've named every social media platform on earth at this point. Uh, you can find me at MySpace. Yeah, yeah. my Friendster account Friendster. is at Foursquare. L- LinkedIn. LinkedIn. My Reddit yeah. account. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rate my fuck. professor. Uh, fuck you, Zuckerberg. That's my point. Uh, uh, the worst part is having a Reddit account where you get enough karma where your friends actually find who you are and you're like, fuck, I got to make a second Reddit account so I can <laughs> actually comment on stuff. <laughs> but you guys can find me, Alice, at Rational Blonde. But you could find the show at all places on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at TGM Podcast. Of course, you can find us here weekly on however you're listening to the show. Please leave us five stars or review, like, comment, support us on Patreon, and of course, tell all your friends or tell someone that you know and love in your life or that you dislike in your life. Uh, We always appreciate more listeners to the show. Justin, thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. And none of this bullshit okay ratings. uh, It's good enough for Natalia's feed, but it's not good enough for this podcast. Fucking give it up. It's good enough on a wiki feed, but not here. Not here. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was a Absolute pleasure to be here. Um, thank you for introducing me to parody porn and all of its joys, foreskins or not. You need to see Let My Puppets Come, and I feel like... Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready, ready now. I didn't think mm-hmm. I was before. I'm ready now. No, you're ready. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.